All right, we're still in our theme of spiritual growth, and um, you know we've been talking about a lot of different things. We talked about giving last week, and uh, we've, we've talked about uh, a lot of things that have to do with just our personal life, prayer, getting in the Word, being honest about where we are, being honest about who we are. And, and this week, we're going to talk about something, and it's funny that we have a lunch afterwards, but we are talking about prayer and fasting. Um, and uh, But you know what? There's a lot of things that go into this, and, and I'm not... I'm not looking at fasting. I don't want you to look at fasting and automatically what goes to our mind is not eating. But that's, that alone is not what we're talking about. It's the reason that we say no to certain things is so, so we, things don't get a hold of us and that we become more sensitive to the things of the Spirit and less to the things that fulfill our flesh. So it's not about just fasting. I mean, I used to joke around and say, listen, I have... You know, when you want to talk about fasting, I know how to fast. I mean, I fast between meals and snacks all the time. And it's, it's powerful, you know. That's not, that's not fasting. You know, fasting was just not eating, then you're all fasting right now. You know, oh, yeah, till lunch. But that's not it. Fasting is when, we'll get into it, but it's when you're making a, a conscious decision to do something for a greater good. That's why you're fasting. It's, it's not just, it's not, you know, and, and I know some people, like, there's diets out there about fasting. That's not what we're talking about. Just not eating isn't going to change your life, you know, spiritually. If you just decide not to eat and you don't eat lunch today, and, but you do nothing else but just not eat, it's not going to really change your life. Probably make you crankier, you know, if you, that's all you do. Um, so what we're talking about today is prayer and fasting, and we want to really look at it because it's something that is um, not talked about a lot and it's not comfortable. But I think there's certain things that in this, in this theme we're in that we got to talk about uncomfortable things. we got to talk about things that are going to help us. And in order to realize the need for fasting, we have to be aware of why we need it. So we're going to look at this passage and we're going to look at a lot of verses. But look at Matthew 17. We're going to start reading verse 14. And it says, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them, and a man came and knelt before Jesus and said this, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's had seizures and has suffers and suffers terribly. He falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but listen to this, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, this is what he says to his disciples. See, you faithless and corrupt people. Could you imagine? Like, uh, Jesus, easy now. You know how offended people would be at Jesus today? Do you know how upset people would be? There'd be news, newscasts coming out. <laughs> Jesus called me corrupt. Peter would be like, Jesus told me to get behind him and call me Satan. <laughs> like, there would be all these things about people getting their feelings hurt because of something Jesus says. But here's what he says. Faith is corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How much I put up with you? And then he says, bring the boy here to me. Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Okay, when you continue to read, Jesus starts talking about the fact of this unbelief. Because when it says faithless, it's referring to the fact of just not believing. And as, as spiritual as we are, I guarantee you there's small areas in your life, if you look, where there's still times where you struggle with really believing. Because there's times I know, I know that God is faithful. 
I know he hears me. But there have been times in my journey where I thought, Lord, are you even hearing me? And I know he is. But there's times that I, I just... I just struggle. I don't sense it at the moment. That's where faith has to come in. And you just believe God because he says, I hear you. And you know that. But in these times, so there's this place where he's saying, look, there's this, this faithlessness in this time where you're just really not believing and you're just not really connected to hearing what I'm saying. So when you look at these, these verses where it talks about faithless and corrupt, it's basically saying one the, the, the faith is you're just not, you're not connecting to God fully because when you're connected to God and you understand him and you're surrendered to him and you focus on him, you believe. You believe because God will never fail you. And the more you get to know God, the more your faith rises up because you see his faithfulness. So there's this place of being connected to God. So when, you're, the, when he's talking about unbelief at times, he's saying, look, these times of unbelief is where you're not really connected and seeing me and what I can do. And then on the corrupt, one, one translation actually says perverse. And basically that's just where it's more, there's more of a connection to the world. So part of this, these things where people couldn't help this man, because sometimes we're not as connected to God as we need to be because we're more connected to the world than we should be. And, it's, and you can't do both. You can't, you can't be fully connected over here and be connected over there. So this chair here represents the connection we have with God. And this is what we want. This is what we desire. This chair over here is connected with the world. And when he talks about this, when you go on, when you read this same passage in Mark chapter 9, in verse 29, it says it this way. So he said to them, this kind can, can come out. Um, by nothing but prayer and fasting. In other words, what he's saying is there's more to it. You have to basically pray. You have to connect more to me and disconnect more from the world. That's kind of what, what this prayer and fasting thing is. It's not, listen, fasting doesn't make God do more or be stronger. God's already fully strong. He's fully everything. It doesn't change God. Fasting changes you. It doesn't move, God doesn't move because you fasted. When you fast, you get out of the way and you connect to him and allow him to move because you're not bringing all this other stuff and trying to figure it out all this way. So there's part of this idea of fasting that it, 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 it gives us more connected here and less connected to that. So people that were walking with, with unbelief is because they weren't connected. And when they're corrupt, it's because they're too connected over here. So part of the prayer and fasting means I recognize that I have to continue to stay connected to God. I got to know what his word says. I got to believe in what his word says. I got to put my feet strong in the things that God says and what he says about me, what he says is for me, what he says I can do. I need to really connect there. And part of connecting there is we have to disconnect from here. This meaning the world, our flesh, and all the stuff that would fight against the things of God. Because we've talked about this before, but all of us are three parts. Your spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit is connected with God. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And then you have this flesh. And the flesh part of you wants to just gratify itself. 
When, you, when someone pulls in front of you and that, ah, that's your flesh that wants to get even. When someone hurts you and you want to hurt back, that's your flesh. And, you, and, and I'm telling you, it's, it's going to rise up. It'll rise up and you'll notice it and you've got to get it submitted to your spirit. But if you're led by the flesh, you're going to be a mess. And sometimes the way we allow the spirit to lead is we, we have to say no to our flesh. And sometimes that's where fasting comes in. Where you begin to, you begin to put your body under subjection to your spirit. And that's, that's part of the journey. And the reason it's important is because at some point, you're, those three things, one of them is leading you right now. Every day of your life, one of those is stronger than the others. So one day you can get up and you're just like, oh, Jesus. You, know, you just uh, yes, I will. You say, we'll sing it all. And we're sincere and legit. Be glad I didn't sing the whole thing. All right? You're sincere and legit. It's real. But then there's some days you get up and you just wake up cranky, frustrated, tired. And sometimes we're led by that. We're led by our emotions. Those are, our emotions are healthy because they let us know where we are. But there are certain times when we have to allow the Spirit to help us to walk through those things the right way. So we still have that. But then there's times where you just wake up all flesh. And you're angry at everybody. You have no patience with anyone. You drive to work. You done got mad at every person driving. Nothing seems to be going right. You're kicking things. You're just talking about how horrible today is going to be. I mean, you're just, we, that, those, that's part of our flesh. And I can tell you, I love Jesus with everything I got. But I fight it too. When I, well, I've had people hurt me. And it's hard not to, not to get angry. It's hard not to retaliate. It's hard not to push back. That's that part that we got to say, listen, when that starts to get so strong, it starts leading us, then we got a problem. Our spirit is connected with the spirit of God. And that's what's supposed to drive us and what's supposed to lead us in our life. So how do we, how do we walk this thing, thing out? We recognize that prayer is what we need to connect to God. This is what we need. We need to pray and we need to fast because it gets us more over here. Look at, look at these scriptures about, about connecting with God. we got to understand John 18, 36. This is what Jesus says. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. See, this is the thing. If, we put, if we're so connected to the world, we're missing it because God's kingdom is not earthly. It's not about what you can have and, and all this stuff that you, you need and, 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 you know, climbing the corporate ladder and doing all these things and having money and, and fame and, you know, as many Facebook friends as you can so you can tell everybody what you're having for breakfast. You know, whatever it is, that's not it. God's kingdom is not earthly. It's a spiritual. It's deep. It's eternal. That's the things of God. And we spend so much of our time connected here. And we're missing it because we're thinking everything that matters in life is somehow over here. And, and, and sometimes that has a stronghold on us. And I can tell you, even for me, 
Listen, this, this chair, and I'm not talking about the chair. I'm talking about the, the connection in the world and our flesh and, and our identity as far as in the world. This chair is comfortable. Because this, I grew up thinking this. I grew up feeling this. I'm used to this. This is who I've always felt like. This is what everyone's already said I was like. It's easy for me to stay there because that's what everyone expects anyway, whether that's good or bad. I'm Scott, and everybody has their opinions of Scott. So I'll just stay here because it's more comfortable. I'm not really ruffling too many feathers when I'm here. People don't expect a lot out of me because I'm just me, you know, and part of me is this way because of how I grew up. Jesus is in my heart, grandpa's in my bones. You know what I'm talking about? We've talked about that before. That's, that's it. And because we've had so many speak into our life about who we are, and we have had so many people tell us who we are, and our mind has constantly berated ourselves and told us, well, this is who I am. I've always been like that. I'm a failure. I'm this. I'm this. That this somehow has become so attached to us that we sit here and sit in what we think we are because we never get uncomfortable enough to disconnect and say, no, that's not me. And the only way I'm going to find me is I disconnect from what I think and everybody else thinks about me. But this chair has a grip. This chair has a seatbelt that buckles you in to say, stay here. And that's why it's comfortable. And that's why we struggle with some of the same time, some of the same things over and over and over again is because we just expect it. Because that's me. That's me. I still wrestle with that as a pastor. Well, that's me. Yeah, pastor's God, though, but I don't think, I know, I know, I don't know either. That's me. But you know what? Can I just tell you something? The more I've exercised and allowed the Lord to help me get out of that chair, as I get more and more confident in what God says about me and less and less concerned about everybody else's opinion and what everybody else says about me. Because you know why? At the end of the day, I'm not answering to anybody for my walk with God. I'm not answering to any person about how I am as a dad, a husband, a pastor, a friend, uh, whatever. I'm answering to God. And I want God to look at me and say, well done, son. It doesn't, it's not going to change my life if I get up there and, and he's like, man, you, you missed it. But old Billy Bob said, hey, well done, Scott. That's not going to bless me. Well, bless me when I say I did what God told me to do. That's what's going to bless me. So I, 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 I take myself out of there. This chair, sometimes the only way we're going to get out of this is we have to do something to begin to disconnect. And pull the plug on this hold that's had, this, this thing that's had a hold of us for so long. And to really say, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Philippians 3.20 says, we are citizens of heaven. We belong to to heaven. That's our home. So we don't need to get so attached here. It ain't home. Listen, if I came to your house and sat down, kicked my shoes off, went in your refrigerator, grabbed something to drink, made, a, made some cookies, you know, changed your furniture around, slept in your bed, you'd be like, what? You don't live here. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I just, I, you know, I'm, well, I'm living here now. No, you're just here for, we just invite you to dinner. Well, what are you doing? You don't need all this. Get out of my room. 
But you know what? We, we act like we live here. We act like this is our home because we're connected here. So this is home. Can I tell you, this ain't home. We're citizens of heaven. That's where we're, that's where we're from. So if, the, if, if heaven is home, then let's start acting like heaven. Matthew 6, 9 says, we pray, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, I want to see the things of heaven done here. That's what I'm praying. So, so we begin to realize that it's not, if we stay so connected to this, I'm just showing you that's not the kingdom of God. It's not about all this earthly stuff. Don't get me wrong. Listen, Duke Power is not going to take a Bible verse for payment, right? So I get it. We're here. We got to work. We got to do things. We got to live in the system we're in. But this isn't, where, this isn't what all matters. This is temporary. This is temporary. Eternity is forever. That's what matters. Now, if prayer connects us to God, then this is where we talk about fasting. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Look at John 17, 14 through 16. Jesus says this. I've given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. He's praying here. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but keep them safe from an evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. You know what that's saying? We live here, but we don't belong to them. We don't belong to the world. You've heard it said, be in the world, not of the world. That's exactly what we're talking about. So if I'm, if, let's just look at it this way, and I've used this analogy before, but it's, it's the best one that I can think of. But if, you, if, you, if you're out in the Lake Norman, and you're in this little small boat, you know none of that water around you affects you at all. You don't have to panic. You don't have to get all scared and worried. Water's all over the place. But you start getting just a little bit of water in your boat, and then you start panicking. So you can be all around it. You can be all over the place and see water everywhere, and it not concern you, and it not take you down. The problem comes when it starts getting in the boat. And it's the same way. We can live in this world, and we can be fine, and we need to love people where they're at. And we need to love people who don't know Jesus and, and don't act right and don't talk right and don't do things right. Their lifestyle ain't right. We still need to love them. And the way we love them is we still be who God's called us to be, as loving representatives of Jesus. But we're going to be fine when this whole world falls apart. We're going to be fine. When we get messed up is when we start getting so caught up in the world that we want to begin to let the world get in here. And I'm not, you know my heart, I'm not saying anybody does this. I'm just saying this. As a pastor, it's tempting to get a little less spiritual and a little more worldly because more people would show up. But you know what? This doesn't, this doesn't necessarily just draw unbelievers. But church isn't, church doesn't exist for unbelievers. You do. The church exists to build up the body for the work of the ministry. So I'm not going to compromise anything here to get more people to come in here and be comfortable. I'm telling you, go love people and let them be comfortable around you all the time. And as their life begins to change, they come here and we'll help them grow. We'll feed them every week. 
We'll give them word. We'll give them nourishment. We'll equip them and empower them. But we got to stay true. This is what God has called us to do. And we got to stay connected to it. And we got to recognize the world doesn't need more of the world. Listen, they're all in the world and they're miserable. Watch the news. The most miserable people are people of the world. Because there's no hope. So let's don't get caught up in that. Let's don't get connected to that. Let's step out of that and realize we can be in it, but we're not going to be of it. You should look different. Stop trying to find that line where you can kind of somehow fit into both. You don't need to turn your light down when you're around darkness. You need to shine because then the darkness starts to go away and more light begins to happen. But we got to do that when we get serious about dealing with what, what ch- challenges us to do that. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing how you think. Very beginning of that, do not copy the patterns and behaviors of the world. Don't stay so connected to that. Because the day is coming, I promise you. The day is coming. Jesus is coming again. I'm telling you. When that trumpet sounds, and I think they're warming it up. I think the case is open. I think they're getting ready. And when he comes, we're all going to be with Jesus. Hopefully. If, if you're here and you're not saved, listen, you're going to have to take over because the rest of us are going to be gone. But here's the thing. If you're not, you need to be ready. Because Jesus is the only way to heaven. And I'm telling you, we're in this place that we can't afford to try to stay connected to the world and that. You can't. You're either in or you're not. Doesn't mean that when you're in that you don't still have challenges and struggles. But your heart is to say, I'm in. And when I face a struggle, I'm going to walk through it. And I'm going to rely on the strength of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to rely on God's help. And I'm going to walk through it. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I will serve the Lord. I will follow his path. Here's the importance of fasting. Look at Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 18. When you pray, don't be like hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners, synagogues, everywhere where everyone can see him. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they'll get. But when you pray, you know what that means? You should be praying, right? Because he's saying, when you pray, he's assuming you're going to. When you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to the Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the people of other other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now listen to this next verse. And when you... So there's an assumption here that when you pray, meaning you're going to pray. And then he says, and when you fast, meaning... There should be fasting at some point. We all need that. 
Then he goes on to talk about when you fast, don't bring all this attention to yourself. Because fasting is to connect more with God. It's not to be about you. It's actually getting away from all the things of you and the world. So when you fast, you don't go around saying, hey, fasting. Fasting. Or the other side of it where you just, yeah, I've just been fasting all week. Praise the Lord. It's like, look. Part of fasting is for you. I'm not saying if we ever did a 21-day fast that you're like, oh, man, I told someone I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to hell. No. I'm just saying you're not doing it to bring attention to you. You're doing it to disconnect so you can connect. All right? You with me so far? All right. Here's some results of fasting. I'm going to go through these fast. Exodus 34. Verse 28, Moses remained on the mountain with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. In all that time, he ate no bread and drank no water. He fasted 40 days. Some of y'all miss lunch. You're like, oh, my goodness. 40 days. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant and the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets. And then it says when Moses came down carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become so radiant because of his conversation with the Lord. Something about fasting that just gets you in a place of really focusing in on the Lord. Saying no to you so you can say yes to him. That's, 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 kind of, that's really what fasting is about. It's not about not doing something. It's about doing something. And by not doing something means you're doing Remember, we don't leave something, we pursue something. I want to get away from this bad habit. No, if you want to get away from that, just pursue the good habit. Just start pursuing, the, start pursuing God. You'll get away from that stuff that's not of God. But you got to pursue. All right? Luke 4, 1 through 14. This is Jesus. Jesus was to say here, full of the Holy Spirit. Say, full of the Holy Spirit. All right. Return from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit. So he's full of the Spirit, and he's led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. So even Jesus is fasting 40 days. And during this time, he's being tempted. And we won't go through all of that, but go down to verse 14. Because in this, in this thing where he was fasted, he, the, the devil kept saying, Oh, do this. If you're truly the Son of God, do this. If you're truly the Son of God, do this. And you know what? Every time he answered, with strength, with the word, uncompromising, no, like, oh, come on, please, I hope I don't mess up. No, he was confident. He knew, I'm not falling to this. I know what the word says, and I'm standing in it. Then it says this, after that time of fasting, and after that time of, even during his fasting, how strong he was to overcome temptation. Then it says, Jesus returned, filled with the Holy Spirit's what? Power. Okay, so now he's gone through this time of fasting and prayer, and he is just walking in the Holy Spirit's power. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit here, and he's walking in the Spirit's power. Because the more we disconnect from us, the more we're connecting to our source of power. And I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference in your life. Acts 13, verses 2 through 4, says this. One day these men, it's talking about Barnabas and some of the different prophets and stuff. And it says, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. 
You know what it tells me? If you worship God and even take time to fasting, when you begin to disconnect from those voices, you begin to hear this one more clear. When you begin to disconnect from what everybody else says and what Mama says and what your friend says and what neighbor, neighbor John says or even what you say, and you take some time away and you just really fast and pray, all of a sudden you begin to start hearing more clearly what the Holy Spirit says. And the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for this special work which I've called them to. Soon after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them away. So there's more fasting. Paul and Barnabas were sent out by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit did the work, sent them out, but it all started with them fasting. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, Barnabas and Saul are praying over these elders from the different churches. And it says that they trusted God to look after those elders that they had appointed. Why? Because when you connect and you fast, you realize the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God, and you can trust them. You can trust them. So that happens with fasting as well. Galatians 5.16. When you walk by the Spirit, you let the Holy Spirit guide your life, you won't do what your sinful nature craves. So here's the thing. If you're connected here, you won't be there. If you're connected there, you won't be, you won't be here because you can't do both. Romans 8 talks about the same thing. Romans 8 talks about when you allow the, the Spirit to control you, you won't do what your sinful nature craves. You won't, you won't do those things. You have this Spirit and you have flesh. And the, and the flesh wants to gratify itself. The Spirit doesn't. That's not how the Spirit is. The Spirit wants to lead you into those things that produce life and peace. And I think I have a scripture up there. Um, maybe not. Oh, look at Romans 8, 6. Yeah, it's on up a little bit in that first area. But Romans 8, 6 says, letting your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. Letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace. How many want to experience life like God wants you to have? How many want to live your life with peace? I'm telling you, fasting is a part of it. Now, the practical side of fasting it can, it can be a lot of different things. Because you, you have flesh, your mind, you have, you have emotions, you have your mind, you have this emotional connection you have, you have your fleshly stuff. You can, you know, fasting typically means to go without food. But there's also places of fasting, I believe, where you can say no to other stuff. And sometimes there is such an addiction almost to, it's going to sound crazy for you that don't have Facebook, but it's almost an addiction that, that if you could somehow get um, reactions from people, I mean, you put someone on Facebook and then how quick you are to see who responds and who likes it and trying to just, you know, give someone just the most wonderful nugget of truth that anyone's ever heard. You just, just put it out there for everybody. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, if you Facebook all the time, go right ahead. But, but my thing is, look, there are times where you just need to even stop all that. Wanting to feel good about yourself. Want everybody to know where you're at all the time and what you're doing all the time. And, oh, this is me. Check this out. Selfie up. Oh, you know, I mean, sometimes we just need to chill. Honestly, sometimes there's really, there's really some deeper issues with that. Sometimes it's not just, oh, it's just fun. Sometimes it's deeper. Sometimes there's something you're trying to gratify in you by putting this stuff out there for everybody. You want to be real? 
You want to be honest? You want to be open? Put it all aside and go to the Lord. Say, God, as much as that selfie looked good on the inside, I'm struggling a little bit today. I'm hurting a little today. You know what I told the Lord the other day? Right here, in this very place, on this very stage, standing behind that keyboard. I said, God, can you make me strong enough that my feelings don't get hurt anymore? You know what he said? That's actually how you know you're strong. Because you're real. And it's in those moments that you do just what you do. And you come to me. I had some things going on these last few weeks, just personal. God's just working on me. He's just working on me. Nothing bad. Patty and I are doing great. No, there's no animosity anywhere in my life right now that I know of. But I've just wrestled. I just came to the keyboard because that's me and Jesus' time because he likes it. He's the only one. <laughs> he loves when I sing. He's like, Scott, that's amazing. He's got miraculous ears. It's like when he hears me, he's like, oh, who is that? Ghost God. That's, I mean, because to him, it's just heavenly because that's what he hears. That's why he says, make a joyful noise because to me, it ain't about the key you're in. It ain't about a little sharp, little flat. It's about, oh, listen, someone's, someone's worshiping. And the Lord was just honest with me. And he said, listen, no matter what people say, no matter what people do, you be real. Because that's what has people bound. It's this false thing that, that no one ever has problems. That's false. Sorry. It's false. We all do. We have all things that, if we look, there's things that are on our hearts. Man, if I, I'm just, this, I'm, I'm praying and believing. But there's some things that you don't, that you want to see change. Whether it's something with a family member, a loved one, a, a friend, whether it's a health issue, whatever. And you walk through it. But I had that moment, it was almost like, oh, peace just comes. And the Lord was so loving and kind to me. He was like, Scott, you're good. Because what I used to do, even as a pastor, is I would never acknowledge a hurt feeling. I would never acknowledge sadness or, or concern. I would be, I'm good, bless God. But on the inside, I'm not good. Help God. But on the outside, I wasn't. And you know what the Lord's done in me? He's opened me up. And he's helped me detach from what everyone thinks I should be. And he's given me this freedom to just say, I could be me. I could be who he's called me to be. With all my stuff, I can do what I'm called to do. I can walk what, what he tells me to walk. I can do what he tells me to do because I'm connected to him. The only way we get there is when we start saying no. See, that's what fasting is. When you, when you fast, listen, I'll tell you, there was a big decision I had to make a while back. It was a big decision. It actually was involved leaving the church that I was at before we started Thrive. And the reason it was a big decision is because I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew it was time to go. I knew the Lord had spoke to me that. And, you know, I fasted for one week with no food, 
and no TV, no ESPN, no football, nothing. And I'm going to tell you, day one, I was feeling spiritual. Just me and Jesus. Lord, you know I'm giving up all this stuff for you, right? Because I'm spiritual. The second day, man, I'm starting to get kind of hungry. Third day, oh, my stomach's talking. Sit down, you're in a meeting talking with someone. Like, bro, you need something to eat? No, I'm fine. Because you don't want to say, I'm fasting. My stomach is mad, but it's my flesh. I'm not doing that, but I'm telling you, it was difficult. And that's when my flesh started really, really talking. And the temptation was to give in. But can I tell you what happened? I went that whole week. And I even talked to my flesh. And, you know, this is where I might get a little crazy. Y'all don't have to do this. But you know what I said? I said, listen here. I actually said it in the mirror. You keep giving me problems, I'm going to go another week. I said it to myself. Because I wanted my flesh to know I'm not giving in to all your little demands. Guess what? I didn't have to go another week. Praise the Lord. But what I did is I finished that week strong. And you know what? I heard from God very clear. Exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Because I didn't give in to all the, other, the voice that was talking from my flesh. I wanted to hear God. Now, whatever God puts on your heart, you could, some people fast one day a week. Someone just, you know, every now and then they just take a few days and fast. It's whatever you want to do. That's up to you. If you're taking medication, stuff like that, listen, don't just, oh, I'm not even taking that. Okay, you, you need to walk in wisdom. And if you need to eat something because you're medicine or something you're going through, then you do that. But find whatever it is that, that speaks to you and keeps you more on this side and begin to put it away and begin to say, you know what? I'm not feeding you anymore because what you feed will grow and what you don't feed will die. Your flesh will begin to die as far as how much it controls you when you begin to feed over here, it'll just happen that way. It'll just happen. So I want to encourage you, stay connected. Stay connected here. When you start feeling this pressure and this weight of all this stuff, listen, it's time to say, you know what? I'm going to re reevaluate spirit, soul, and body. Flesh, you done climbed to the top. We're bringing you back down. No food for you. Or no TV for you. Or no this for you. Whatever it is that you choose to say, hey, we're submitting that. So we can connect. Fasting doesn't connect you, but it gets you away so you can connect. 